You're listening to Wait, Am I an Adult Now? One of the only podcasts out there that interviews young millennials riding the squiggly line of life. We're your co-hosts, Shelby Wildgust and Savan Pichotto. And together, our mission is to inspire you with stories of millennials just like you who are paving their way in the new creative economy. Our guests are leading epic lives through entrepreneurship, artistry, charity, music, corporate leadership, and so much more. Are you ready to jump in? Let's go. Hey, 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 everybody. We're back with another quote of the week, but this one is a little bit different. Yeah, we actually had somebody write into us via email and had a question pertaining to abundance. And we wanted to read her question out loud and just kind of answer it as one of our quote of the weeks, because we feel like this is something that a lot of people can actually gain value from. So Vanessa B wrote into us saying, I've always had trouble making money. And for the last few years, I've I've continued to have this problem. And I've been wanting to get wealthy, but have never come to getting close to that. And I continue to be poor and she's looking for advice on changing her thought patterns towards making and earning money. So I remember when you sent me this question and you're like, oh my gosh, someone sent us an email with a question in it. We're really excited. First yes. off. So thank you, Vanessa, for sending this in. Um, but as you read the question, the first thought that came to my mind was like, the idea of a limiting belief. Right. And you said the exact same thing because mm-hmm. I responded back to you. I was like, so what do you think it is? And you're like, I think she's a limiting belief about money. And I was like, I feel the exact same way. So why don't we talk about what like a limiting belief is? Okay. Cause I'm not sure if all of our listeners know exactly what we mean by the phrase limiting belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a limiting belief is basically a belief that you hold that can come from many different ways or things in your life. So For example, a limiting belief about money, oftentimes these beliefs can come from or form at an age before you even likely remember it between zero and age six or seven when something might have happened. Maybe you overheard your parents fighting about money or you overheard someone saying something like, oh, you can't have that. Um, There's not enough of this. Like hearing those things, as a young child, like your subconscious absorbs it like a sponge, as you probably know. So everything you're absorbing, you're, you're not really thinking about. And then those thoughts or things that you hear and things that come into your environment tend to hold on to you and kind of ingrain themselves inside of your body without you really realizing. Yeah. And it almost manifests into a way of being in the mm-hmm. sense that you all of a sudden put yourself into this box of I'm never going to be wealthy or I'm always going to be poor or money's always a problem for me or money is root of all evil or, you know, insert really demoralizing phrase here. Right, right. And so the reason why they're called limiting beliefs is because they literally put a limit on your capabilities surrounding that particular belief. Right. So in Vanessa's case, what Savannah and I both agree upon is that there is a limiting belief around money. So I also want to acknowledge Vanessa and to anyone out there who has the same problem. The fact that you are actively seeking help is a huge, huge step in the right direction. Oftentimes people who have limiting beliefs around these particular subjects, they don't consciously know that they have a limiting belief and rather they play the victim Mm -hmm. and they get stuck in this fixed mindset of it's always going to be this way 
But Vanessa, the fact that you're asking for help means that you are on the pathway towards a growth mindset, which is this idea that you know it doesn't have to always be this way and you want to make shifts. Mm -hmm. So the first thing, just to reiterate what we just kind of talked about is the fact that there is a limiting belief around money for you in particular. Now let's talk about how to overcome that. Yeah, I think there's two parts to this. And it's actually really interesting that we're talking about this topic today because I'm going through a lot of these changes myself. And I think there's two parts. One part is the practical things that you have to do. And then the other side is the spiritual or fixing the Mm. inner beliefs that we've just talked about, fixing those limiting beliefs. So um, I guess I can just talk about like things that I've been going through. Yeah, for sure. A couple weeks ago, I probably hit one of my lowest points in terms of financial stability and for a couple of days, let myself feel really, really terrible about it. And then after a couple of days, I was like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. This doesn't feel good. So choosing to change my emotional state, even if the money isn't there, that was step one for me. Mm-hmm. Step two is seeking help and counsel in budgeting and having a budget session done for myself and figuring out where my pitfalls were, my bad habits how to cut out certain things. And then third is now going back and reinforcing that with more work on the inner stuff. Yeah, no, I really like that a lot. And um, I'm going through something very similar for myself right now where I, I don't have a limiting belief around money. It's actually quite the opposite, which is also not good when I'm just convinced that I'm always going to be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that's definitely not healthy either. And so for me, it's like learning how to give myself those limits, knowing that I can't just swipe my credit card because I want a new pair of pants. Like I have to actually be cognizant of where my money is going and, and realize that I need to pay myself first in the sense of saving and mm-hmm. in the sense of investing and understanding that the choices I make now are going to affect who I am at 30, 35, 40 years old. And if I can't get a handle on my money now, then when we introduce kids into the picture, it's going to be even worse. And yeah. um, so I'm in a very similar boat as you are, just in a different approach of things. Yeah. And I think you're so right in saying that there's two parts to it. One is the inner work and the other one's the outer work. It's the exterior strategizing and putting a plan in place. So Vanessa, for you, you know, I think what we talked about in the beginning with the limiting belief, that's where you have to start. You have to start by understanding and recognizing that it's not always going to be this way. And you have the ability to say, I'm going to make a change and you have the ability to remove the word poor from your vocabulary and replace it with something like I am becoming wealthier. I am, you know, I am actively seeking ways to make more money, Right. you know, replacing the finite, uh, phrase of I am poor with something that encourages growth and encourages improvement. So start there. Yeah. Like one of the most powerful things that I recently latched onto, there was another coach who was talking about how we tend to ask questions of the universe without really realizing how negative they are. So for example, we'll ask like, why haven't I gotten this job yet? Or why isn't the money coming? Why this and why that? And like, we're always asking about lack, but instead reframing those questions to things like, why do I always have more money coming in? Like, why do I have such an amazing life? Why is everything going so well for me? And I just keep having more and more opportunities come my way. And like, you kind of laugh and like feel silly when you start asking those things at first. But then like, the more you do it, it just sort of starts to feel natural. 
and things come. And the good thing to remember is that they don't have to necessarily be statements that are quite true just yet. Right. Right? Like, why do I always have more money in my bank account? Right, like, right. Um, <laughs> but asking that question, it does spark like a thought process of like, okay, how can I, how can I make that happen? Right. Um, as opposed to like the why me, why me, which is a victim mentality, which does not get you anywhere. Yeah. And so Vanessa, you know, going beyond just like the the inner work, right? So, um, so we've given you some you know, inner points to, to focus on, but let's talk a little bit about the exterior points as well, because, yeah. you know, I, I do want to encourage you to understand your value. And I do want to encourage you to take a look at where you currently are in terms of your income. And, um, this is something that I didn't realize until I was in a, uh, position in the staffing world. But if you are an, an hourly paid employee, what you are making on a yearly basis is usually double what you make on an hourly basis plus a few zeros. So what I mean by that is if you're making $10 an hour and you're working 40 hours a week, that means you're making $20,000 in a year. So I remember as I was growing up, you know, minimum wage was like $7.50, $8 an hour. So if I was to be offered a position that paid $10 an hour, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm rich. That was at 18, 19, 20 years old when I didn't have to be making all this money to live on because I was still being supported by my parents. Try not to fall into that trap of being, you know, in your early 20s and taking a position that pays $10 an hour because you were used to making $750 when you were 16, 17, $18, wow. and, you know, $18, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. And recognize that if you are accepting a position that's an hourly pay, you need to be accepting a position that is providing you with the income that you can live on. So if you know that you need to be making $40,000 a year to feel at least like you can cover your basic living expenses, then you need to be getting a job that pays $20 an hour. Wow. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. And it's important to recognize that you are the one who controls how much you make in the sense of if you're not being paid X amount at one place, then you need to go and find a place that's going to pay you what you need to be making. Right. Or if you're going to be paid $10 an hour at this one place, then pick up another job that pays $15 an hour and, and, and work, work your schedule so that you can get yourself to a point where you're making what you know you need to make. So that's, again, going back to like the idea of budgeting and going back to the idea of, of kind of taking some exterior uh, approaches to your money. It's like you have to understand, okay, what are my basic expenses and how much money do I need to make per year to feel comfortable? Yeah. And there's two points I want to add on to what you just said. I think that's such a good point to make as far as like knowing how much you need to make per year. I would not suggest doing what I did, which was like being in a job and feeling like they weren't paying me what I was worth. So just leaving and going out on my own and not having a plan. Like that wasn't <laughs> probably the smartest thing to do, but I'm alive. Um, but in any case, yeah, like that's important. Figure out like if you're not being paid what you're worth now, stick with it until you find something that does pay you what you are worth. And the second thing was one of the most eye-opening things I recently did was actually tracking my spending for a week. Mm -hmm. So every time I went to go swipe my debit card or pay for something, I wrote it down in my notes in my phone. And at the end of the week, I went back and looked at it and I was like, okay, I bought a chai latte three days in a row. Do I really need to do that? And on top of that, I noticed that I bought dog food every Wednesday. And because of that, I could see which place I got it from and how I could get it cheaper. 
And like just seeing everything listed out like that, first of all, it makes you second guess every time you want to pull out your car to pay for something. There are some times where I actually didn't buy something because I was like, I don't want to have to write this in my phone. Mm, that's, that's good. Yeah. So track your spending for at least a week or two and see what you notice out of that and the patterns you can pick up on within yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's really good too. I, I actually want to jump kind of, this is going a little bit back. Yeah. Um, the advice you just gave is really valuable and I think I'm going to start doing that for myself too because what I tend to do is, you know, I make a budget, I buy, buy it somewhat and then like six months later, I'm like, oh shit, I probably should be saving more money. Let me go back into my budget and like I, I do like more of like a reflection as opposed mm. to the proactive nature of like writing everything down as it's happening, which I yeah. think the proactive nature of it, of that exercise actually forces you to think in the moment, should I be spending this as opposed to reflecting like, ah, damn, I really didn't have to spend $67 on a happy hour with friends. Like <laughs> yeah. we could have bought a bottle of wine at Whole Foods, bought, you know, a nice block of cheese, spent 20 bucks, slipped within two of us and then like had happy hour at my house instead, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, but in regards to the value aspect, Vanessa, we don't know you. Um, and I'm going to be really blunt with you. I don't know your work ethic. I don't know your background. I don't know whether or not you are someone who is ambitious and taking the steps to really prove your value to people. If you're not doing that, I suggest you take a hard look at yourself and realize that that is part of getting paid. What you're worth is understanding your value and then working to increase your value through personal development, through, um, taking classes at a local community college if you can, or, you know, Skillshare is a great website to learn more, asking questions, being proactive, saying yes to things and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to step outside my comfort zone and learn how to do these things. Um, if you're not currently doing that, I really suggest that you get into the habit of starting to do that because you can't just expect to get paid more money if you're not willing to ex expand what you're capable of doing. Um, so make sure that, you know, if you are someone who's looking to become wealthy, that you are matching your value with your skills and, and knowing that, you know, the more valuable be you become from a, uh, knowledge perspective and putting that knowledge into application, the more you will become, uh, the more you will get paid. Yeah. It's, it's the ways of being of who you are and like the actions you take and how disciplined you are towards making your dreams like actually come true. Yeah. So yeah, what you just said is really cool. Yeah, I just think it's important to remember that, you know, if you want to become wealthy, you have to take the steps to, to push yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's going to become wealthy by just sitting on the couch and like wishing they were getting paid more. Right. Like you're going to become wealthy by investing in yourself and investing in your growth as a person and, and actively seeking out ways to become a better person and, and, um, you know, increasing your work ethic and, and, um, doing things that separate you from other people. So Vanessa, if you are looking for ways to increase your value, I recommend, you know, looking into, I don't know if you have a college degree. I, I'm not really sure what my stance is on college degrees, but I do know that it's valuable to take classes and to continuously learn. So whether that's classes on Skillshare or Teachable or on YouTube, I mean, YouTube University these days, man, like you can yeah. learn anything online. Or even just like, I mean, hiring a coach or somebody who can help you work through these emotional pain points too. And if I, if I could go back to that for a minute, yeah. because 
literally today before we started recording these, I, um, I regularly go to Reiki sessions. Um, it's basically a form of energy healing. And there's something called the emotional code where we, like we were saying before, we can hold these emotions or limiting beliefs, fears, all this kind of stuff inside of us and not really know where it's coming from. And a lot of times they can be um, thoughts or emotions that didn't necessarily come from us, but they could come from generations mm-hmm. before us. And um I went through an energy session today where it was basically all that clearing these emotional blockages from generations, from myself, from my mother. Like sometimes you can pick up emotions through your mom, like while you're before you've even been born, if she was going through something and Mm. felt pain or felt fear or whatever it is. And then that gets absorbed into you and you don't even know that it came from that. Oh, wow. Um, So just being open to the possibility of getting help from many different avenues, whether it be like a life coach or energy healing, just explore different avenues and find what resonates with you and what you think could best help you. And like Shelby said, even just learning on your own too, and just like looking things up and being proactive about not only like the skills that you can bring to the table, but like the value of who you are inside and like fixing that. Yeah. But I just want to acknowledge you, Vanessa, for even reaching out and asking this question. Like I said in the beginning, and I know Savannah agrees with this, the fact that you are actively seeking help is really valuable. Yeah. And we really thank you for um, reaching out to us and giving us the space to talk about this because, um, you know, I think it's always a reminder to both Savannah and me, you know, mm-hmm. that we need to constantly be working on our value and understanding our value and knowing our worth and checking in with our budget and making sure that we're doing the right things from a financial standpoint. And I know that there's so much room for growth for me. Um, and it's something that I'm actively working on. By the way, Vanessa, there's also really great podcasts out there that are specifically about money. Yeah. Um, Savannah's actually pulling up some suggestions right now on her Spotify account. Um, like planet money is a good one. Um, I just listening to one that's done by NPR. That was really good. Um, Oh, smart passive income is one that I've listened to before. Like he just gives a lot of good tips in general about finance. Yeah, no, that's a good one too, because that also talks about, um, that talks a lot about like side hustles. Right. And like ways that you can create more money, like in the pockets of your time. Like for example, for me, I mean, this is not about the money at all for me because I'm just obsessed with dogs, but I've become a wag walker Mm -hmm. and you know, I work from home often and there might be times where I've got like 30 minutes in between calls and I'm able to just run outside, do a quick 20 minute walk and make eight bucks. For me, that's $8 that could go towards coffee or drinks with friends or um, maybe I'll start a little piggy bank where I just save eight bucks, you know, every couple of days and I do a walk and eventually I'll have 500 bucks and I can go on a little mini vacation or something. <laughs> I don't know, who knows? Um, but yeah, just recognizing that there's, there is so much out there for you to do. It's just a matter of checking in with yourself and understanding if you are playing the victim or if you are playing the advocate for yourself and just remembering the value of you are in control. Um, and it's a hard, that's a hard thing to, to remind yourself of, especially when you are in the pattern of like, why me, why me, why me, Mm. um, to be able to step outside of that and be like, why not me? First off, I can, I can do this. I can make this happen. And then also like reflecting upon yourself and identifying areas where you could be improving. 
Um, it's, it's hard work, but it's really, really worthy work. So um, thank you again, Vanessa, for jumping on and uh, you know utilizing our Q&A feature. We really appreciate that. You rock. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, thank you for your vulnerability. And if this helps you guys, please let us know. Send us a message. And if anyone else has anything that they want us to talk about during our quotes of the week, definitely write into us. We will leave our email in the description box and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.